Tonight we're going to be looking at lesson 13. If you would like a copy of the notes, this is the last lesson in our current series. You can raise your hand. We have a few copies of the notes. And then if you take your Bible and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. You doing okay up there, Brother Joey? Thank you. you if you feel warm, go join Brother Joey for a few minutes in the uh, upper sauna. He comes out looking like about 10 years younger every time he goes up there. Thank you, Brother Joey, for your service. God bless you. Thank you, ushers, for helping us. Again, so this is what we're handing out. We hand it out every week. If, again, if you would like the book, we'll put all the lessons in one book if you'd like a copy of that. And otherwise, you can hand, we can give you a sheet every week. Good. Hebrews chapter 11, this is the last lesson, and our lesson tonight, the theme is, and others with no name. So if you're a little bit new to the Sunday night meeting, we've been doing a series on, it's more than a name. It's more than a name. So we've been looking at Bible characters that have no name in the Bible, but yet their story is told. And this last lesson is not about one particular Bible character. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, and you'll just look at the first two words of verse 36. Hebrews eleven thirty-six. What are the first two words? Can we say them together? Ready? Hebrews eleven thirty-six. The first two words are, and others. And I've circled those two words in my Bible, because this is who we're talking about tonight. And others. Who are the others? We don't know. They're not, they're not mentioned by name. However, their story is told in our text. It says that these others, verse 36, had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. Lest you think that is severe they were sawn asunder and that's exactly what the words mean they were cut in half for their faith by the way this hasn't stopped persecution of believers is happening today uh, they were tempted they were slain with the sword they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins Say, what is that? They would take Christians and they would purposely put them in sheepskins and goatskins, and then they would release, like, let's say, a lion who's really hungry. And they would have this skin on them that would obviously attract the wild beast, and they would be killed. On and on it goes. Look at verse 39. We find another two words, uh, three words, or two or three words, the first three words of verse 39, and these all. Who are these? Again, we don't know. There's, they're not listed. Who are the others? We don't know. They're not listed by name. So here is a Hebrews chapter 11. This is the end of the chapter. But if you take just a quick, quick moment to look up into the chapter, you can see in verse number 
17, there, start, there, there starts to be a list of people that it says about them by faith. And so this list is quite extensive. Actually, it goes further up than that, pardon me, all the way up to verse 4, pardon me, by faith, Abel. That's where the list begins, and it's a list of people that God wanted us to remember them for their faith. Faith. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, and on and on it goes. I won't take the time to read all the names. And the Bible says about these people, in verses 33 to 35, I won't read it, but you can see it there in your notes or in your Bible, this is what God did through their faith. Subdued kingdoms and on and it goes. I mean, look at that list of what happened because of faith. Now the Bible makes it clear that without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's in verse 6 of chapter 11. So we can be missing a lot of things, but we don't want to be missing faith. Because we can't please God without it. That means money doesn't please God, but faith does. So these others, without a name, at the end of Hebrews 11, also represent People who have been martyred, people who have been persecuted for their faith. You might say that God allowed them to go through the ultimate trial. They gave their life. They gave their life, literally, for their faith. Can God trust me? Can God trust you with a trial, a difficulty? The question is this, will I exercise faith when a difficult time comes? You know, the easiest thing to do when a difficult time comes is run. That's the easiest. Just turn and run. Maybe not literally. Maybe you're not doing much running these days, but you know what I'm saying. Just walk away. This is too much. I'm just going to walk away from this whole thing. I, you, know, I, you know, family tensions come and family strife comes and, you know, whatever it may be. Job 23.10, the Bible says, but he knoweth the way that I take. Sometimes we get this idea that, is God on the holidays? Is God taking a nap right now? Because surely he doesn't realize what's happening in my life right now. But yet the Bible says that he knew the way that Job took. And notice what he says. When he hath tried me, who tried Job? God did. I shall come forth as gold. So there was a purpose in that trial. Number one, in our outline, if you're taking notes, number one, a persecution template. 
a persecution template. I have never been given a prayer request in 22 plus years. In the 23rd year of pastoring, I've never had or any other working for the Lord in any other churches, I've never had somebody say during prayer request time, when we say, who has a prayer request? And somebody raises their hand, and I say, what's your request? And they say, Pastor, pray that I can have persecution in my life. I've never had that. Never had anybody pray for a greater trial. Pastor, pray that I have a really difficult week this week at work. I've never prayed for that either. I've never prayed for persecution. But whenever we find people in the Bible that are going through it and come through it, let's take a look and see what happens. Turn to Acts chapter 8 quickly. Acts chapter 8. Satan tries to do his work, and I know it's not always Satan. I'm not giving him credit. Obviously, God is the one who brought the trials into Job's life. But let's remember this. Everything that comes into your life and mine is filtered through the Father. Who is the Father? God. God is the Father. So everything that happens to me in my life comes through that filter. Maybe you have a filter on your water at home or Whatever. You understand the filter. You have an air filter in your car, other filters, oil filter, and so forth. Everything that comes into my life, God already knows about it. Job 23.10, we looked at that. So let's not forget that. The Bible says in Acts 8 and verse number 1, and at that time there was a great persecution against the what? church not just a persecution but a great persecution it was at jerusalem and what happened they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of judea samaria except the apostles so this first church in jerusalem persecution came and when persecution came people left jerusalem to go to Judea and Samaria. Now, the interesting thing about this, and I don't have time to really develop it because it's not really part of the lesson, but do you remember where Jesus said to go with the gospel? In Acts 1.8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Well, here we are in Acts 8.1, and they're still in Jerusalem. So, in a sense, they're not following what Jesus said to do. They haven't left Jerusalem yet, and so what, what does Jesus allow? What does God allow to come to the church? Persecution. Well, what do you know? Guess where they go? Judea, Samaria. Exactly where God told them to go in 1.8. Maybe they're like us. They're hard-headed, right? I know you're not hard-headed. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial because he had just been killed. Stephen. As Saul witnessed it, as for Saul, verse 3, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Notice, notice the benefit of it, though. 
Therefore, they went, or they that were scattered abroad went everywhere. They went everywhere. Preaching the word. Wow, there you go. Persecution said, leave Jerusalem. And in this case, it was definitely of the Lord because they were supposed to be missionaries. They were supposed to go to Judea. They were supposed to Judea. They were supposed to go to Samaria. And so God said, I'm going to help you with that. Letter A, a notable past. A notable past. There is a common thread that runs through every child of God. It is the thread of trials and temptations. Everyone has them or everyone will have them. You are either going through one now or your one is coming. I know that sounds terrible. I know that sounds very negative, but it's just the truth. And we read that in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common. So here's the thing. Something comes into your life. Don't have this me syndrome. I'm the only one that's ever dealt with this in my life. No, you're not. Because such as is common to man. Now every situation in here tonight, I understand, is a bit unique. Sure. But don't let the enemy think for just a Let me think or you think for a minute that God is attacking only me or God is only letting a trial come into my life. A notable past. Paul even was thankful that God would allow things to come into his life lest he should be exalted above measure. God gave Paul a thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians 12, 7-9 and Paul wanted it removed. He asked three times for God to remove it and God never removed it. Let her be a negative promise. A few weeks ago, we talked about the promises of God. How wonderful they are. But you know, there are some promises in the Bible that aren't necessarily ones that we, again, raise our hand and we say, when it's promise listing night, we raise our hand and say, I want to claim this promise. 2 Timothy 3.12, there's a promise. Notice what it says. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. There's a promise. If you live for God, persecution will eventually find you. That's not one that we list normally on promise night when we list the promises of God. We like to say, God will never leave us nor forsake us. Yep, that's true too. But this is a promise as well. If we live for Christ. So we might say then, as we say there, it is a negative promise. And yet this persecution template has been in place for centuries. I am not the exception to the rule. You are not the, ex you are not the exception to the rule. We have a pattern to follow. The Lord Jesus gives us an example. 1 Peter 2, 23. 1 Peter 2.23. Here's the example I am to follow. Who when he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. That's hard. Isn't it? 
to not retaliate, but committed him, excuse me, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Let God be the final judge if someone is making it difficult for you to live your, live your life for Christ. Commit yourself to being faithful to the will of God. Commit yourself to, as Bob Jones Sr. used to say, do right until the stars fall. Just keep doing right. Number two. Number one, a persecution template. Number two, a probable temptation. A probable temptation. We go back to our text, Hebrews 11, verse number 20, 37, pardon me. A probable temptation. The Bible says in verse 37 that they were tempted. Partway down through the verse, they were tempted. Temptation can come in many forms and in many ways. And the goal of temptation, in the sense of from the enemy, is the temptation or the the natural reaction, as I said, I actually said it earlier, was just to quit. Give up. Letter A, quitting is easy. Quitting is easy. The easiest thing to do in battle is run. It takes an extra measure of the grace of God and God's strength to stay in it. You know, God doesn't command us to win the battle. I'm glad for that. Because I don't have enough strength to win the battle. I don't know about you, but I find myself in the spiritual battle to be very weak at times. Now, he does command me to to do some things. But he doesn't command me to win the battle. He's going to win the battle. But what does he command me to do? Look at 1 Corinthians 4, and it's not just me. 1 Corinthians 4. We've all come to a place in our life, over and over probably, where we started to think it would be easier just to leave. It'd be easier just to quit. I've been there numerous times. And that's the, that's the enemy in, in my ear, whispering. The great deceiver. That's because I'm, I'm trying to make it about me. And that's the problem. I'm not commanded to win the battle. Notice what Paul said in chapter 4, verse 2. Moreover, it is required. Here's a requirement. In stewards, what is a steward? Steward is a manager of something that does not belong to him or her. 
If you are a Christian tonight, if you are born again of the Spirit of God, you've accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, I can tell you in one way that you're all, we are all stewards, and that is in the life that you have and that I have. Because it is not my life. It was given to me by God. Therefore, if I am to be the steward of this life, the manager of this life, what is required of me? It's very simple. That a man be found, what's the last word of the verse? Faithful. Not victorious. Now, we will be victorious if we are faithful. But I am, I am not focusing on victory. I'm focusing on faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Because victory comes in Jesus. Victory doesn't come in me. But that's a requirement. How about 1 Corinthians, quickly. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Faithful. In a word, that's faithful. Quitting is easy, letter B. Quenching, quenching is essential. Ephesians 6.15. Quenching is essential. Paul writes, above all, taking the shield of Faith, that's verse 16, pardon me, 616, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Notice the word all, not only above all, but also we will be able to quench all. Satan's darts come in Many sizes and many shapes. The problem becomes when my fear is bigger than my faith. When my fear is bigger than my faith, that's when I run. But when my faith is bigger than my fear, and my faith is that, that, that uh, shield of faith, by the way, it's not even mine, it's giving to me, it's given to me and to you by the Spirit, because it's one of those things that the Spirit gives us. Love, joy, and all the fruit of the Spirit. God gives it to me. God gives it to you. We take the shield of faith and every, every dart can be quenched. The fire can be put out. And as we do that, the more that we do that, our faith grows. 1 John 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Here it is. This is the victory. Even our faith. The crisis we must not focus on. Instead, we must focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if we don't, we will become wearied. Hebrews tells us we will become wearied and we will faint. Do you remember where it says we will faint? 
in our mind. Isn't that the truth? We become wearied and faint in our mind if we follow, or excuse me, if we focus on the crisis. I'm so thankful that the power that we have is not in us, it's in the Word of God. Another part of the armor is there in verse 17 of Ephesians 6. It's called the sword of the Spirit, and it's also called the Word of God. I want to just encourage us once again tonight to have some time during the week to hide God's Word in our hearts. To memorize the Bible. Satan doesn't give us time to go grab our Bible sometimes. But we have it in our heart. We can begin to quote it. What did, what, did, uh, what did Satan do when Jesus quoted the word of God? Every time he left. Matthew chapter 4, you can read that for yourself this week. Satan was tempting Jesus, and every time Jesus said to him, it is written, he was quoting God's word. And every time, Satan left him. Satan isn't going to give us time to maybe call the pastor or a friend maybe to ask him. S Satan is just going to come like that, like a roaring lion. And if we have the sword of the Spirit ready, if we have a verse ready for him, then we can use that. And it won't just quench the fiery darts of the wicked. It'll quench the wicked one himself. Because he's no match for God's word. By the way, Satan is a very diligent opponent. He knows my weakness and he knows yours. He's a student, if you will. Maybe there's some here tonight that you have a great need or you have a difficult time with worry. Possibly there's some that have other issues tonight. All of us have one, if not more. The point is, let's arm ourselves with the Spirit of God. Let's arm ourselves, excuse me, with the sword of the Spirit, with the shield of faith. Be prepared. Have your ammo ready. We can never outmaneuver Satan. We can never outfight Satan. But we can out truth Satan because he has no truth in him at all number three a purposed tenacity a purposed tenacity the faithfulness that these others displayed didn't happen by accident they purposed letter a a heavenly fame a heavenly fame Hebrews 11 tells us in verse 37 and 38 about what they went through. We read that a moment ago. It says, These others lived so apart from the world that the world wanted nothing to do with them. Notice it says there in parenthesis in verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy. Referring to this world. 
But they had a world up above. That great cloud of witnesses that was cheering for them, that was supporting them in some way possible. This world could care less. But there is a heavenly world. We believe that. This world, their names were never in the limelight, but in heaven they were known. I say in heaven they are still known. I, I want us to think about this. Where do we want our name to be known the most? Now, it's, I'm not saying we are, want to have our name known anywhere, but you know sometimes we're so caught up in making a name here, doing something important here, that maybe we get caught up in the things of this world. 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Letter B, a hall of faith. A hall of faith. We see in Hebrews 11, by faith, and we also see through faith. By faith and through faith. Hebrews eleven thirty nine, 39, and these all having obtained a good report through faith. Isn't that, can you think of a better way to sum up your life? This was the summation of their life. It was by faith. Or it was through faith. A simple description. No greater words can be said than what we read in Matthew 25, 21. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Most Sports have the hall of fame. Maybe you've been to one of those places. Nothing wrong with that. A hall of fame, and there's all kinds of memorabilia and so forth and so on in those. One time I got to tour in Atlanta, Georgia. I got to tour, I don't even remember what it's called, but it's kind of like the... the the headquarters of Coca-Cola. Like, this is their place, and they, this is how Coca-Cola was made, and all these different flavors from all over the world, and you can try them, and it's just all about Coca-Cola. I mean, I, I, it was fun, but, you know. You go down to Hollywood, Maybe don't go down to Hollywood. They have those stars on the walk. I remember the last time Emma and I went down for Michelle's graduation. Remember that? We had a great time with the Samillas. We put, we had, I had a rental car, and I parked it in the parking garage, and I, we, went to, we went to a place for dinner, and then Emma and I could not find the car. I was looking for that car for 30 minutes. Man, I was sweating more than I am right now. I was panicking. Where's the car? It was stolen. It was a rental car. I didn't get the extra insurance. You know, I said, no, I don't need it. 
But right outside that parking garage was some of those sidewalks where those stars are with supposedly famous people's names on them. Some people, that's what they live for. They made a name here. But what about, what about eternity? And I'm not looking to make a name for me, but you know what I, I really want to pray that I can do with the Lord's help is make a name for him. Not for me, but for him. That in some small way, we can use our, our little bit of dust. I mean, that's all we are. We're a little bit of dust. That in some small way, we can, with the Lord's help, we can point people to him and seek to bring him honor and glory. Whether no one knows our name or not, it doesn't matter. We've looked at many names or many people whose names were not mentioned in the Word of God in the last several weeks. 13 lessons. It took more than 13 weeks because we had some other things come up. They were not named, but they were in the Bible. I wonder tonight, are we content to be one of the others whose names may never be remembered here, but it was said of them that they were faithful? One day... George Whitfield, it said, preached to 80,000 people at one time without any microphones, by the way. Wow. I doubt any of us will ever have that opportunity unless it's somehow by way of the internet. Some people, I, I know in my, the hometown where I, my parents grew up, Many people are still there today. They've never left that town. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying. They know Albany, Ohio, population maybe, I don't know, 500. Nobody, know, nobody knows them except their family. Again, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying. Christianity begins and ends with faith. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. May God help you. May God help me. Whether anybody knows our name or not, that's not important. But may it be said of us that we finish our course. You don't need to finish your friend's course. You need to finish your course. And by the grace of God, may we as well keep 